will the coronavirus pandemic affect your continuing education plans? This week, we've got two very special guests from the VMX and the Orange County Convention Center to tell you what you can expect at this year's VMX on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And once again, Viewfinders, we cannot escape the COVID-19 pandemic. And this week, we have an exclusive interview with two amazing guests who are going to tell us what we can expect from the world's largest veterinary conference in January 2021. Yes, it seems like a long way away, but many of us are beginning to make plans for travel and continuing education requirements for 2021. So will it be safe to travel? How can we know that we won't get the coronavirus if we go to a conference? Well, this week, I'm delighted to bring with you a friend, once again, from VMX, the CEO, Gene O'Neill, along with the executive director for the Orange County Convention Center. That's the big, massive place where VMX is held. So Gene and Mark Tester, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, hey, Ernie. How are you? And uh, thanks for having us. Thank you, Ernie. Glad to be here. It is so great to have both of you here because there are so many questions, so many rumors. Gene, first of all, just start out. Are we having VMX in 2021 in January? Well, Ernie, for you and your listeners, uh, yes, we are. <laughs> we are having uh, we are having VMX. Uh, we're having it uh, both live and virtually. Wow, and this is so unprecedented, Gene, because let's think about it. We had you on about six months ago. You had just taken over as CEO of NABC. The corona pandemic was just beginning to rear its ugly head, and you were saying, well, we're making some plans just in case. Well, the just in case has happened. So, Gene, just give us a skinny on on how you've pivoted, because like you said, there's now not only just an in-person down in Orlando element, but now you've got this whole virtual thing you've launched. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really been a crazy, uh, crazy summer for us. Uh, and since we've last talked, uh, you know, we're a lot of things we were watching over the summer months, other events that were scheduled to uh, happen, not only in Orlando, but uh, you know, across the country and seeing them being either canceled or deferred to next year. It gave us some concern, obviously. Um, but I think that our plan, uh, you know, a, a, about giving our community a choice between attending in person and virtually is the right way to go at this time. Uh, we have been monitoring everything uh, on the health and safety side, which I know is uh, important to anyone who is attending anything these days. And believe me, uh, for us, it's as paramount to to us as it is to anyone attending. So, um, you know, I, I think as you look over the uh, the, the statistics that have, that, that have changed since we last spoke, um, you know, this pandemic is not going to go away overnight, um, but I think there are some steps that we can take. And I think that we've proven here in Florida that there are, that, that these steps and the precautions that we've taken uh, have proved to be successful. So um, I, I think Florida really got the message that, you know, um, that the um, shutting down on the pandemic is going to be uh, taken seriously. 
uh, and uh, cases are down in Florida right now. If you read the headlines, if you go to their website, you'll see everything. Hospitalizations are down. And it, these are topics and these are statistics that I don't like to talk about. But in but in framing what we're trying to accomplish here in in allowing our community to make the choice between coming to a live event or uh, staying home or their office or wherever and 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 participating virtually, I think that you know uh, that that's the right way for us. So. Um, we're, we're really excited about it. Well, well, Mark, you're, I mean, you're in the middle of this. I mean, as the executive director of one of the country's largest convention centers, I mean, you have had to adapt quickly and you guys were really made a lot of headlines here recently. You held the AAU volleyball championships right in the middle of a pandemic. And look, I know that there were critics of it, but you guys pulled that off pretty successfully. Maybe explain to us some of the things that you've had to do locally there at the convention center to ensure the safety safety of attendees. Yeah, and thank you for having me today. So the, the, the first thing we did was realize that we needed to partner and partner with people that really understood what we needed to do in order to provide a safe environment for our attendees and their guests. And, and the first thing we did is we, we, we hooked up with the Global Bio-Risk Advisory Council and became one of the first convention centers to receive their uh, GBAC STAR accreditation. And there's 20, uh, 20 elements that, that oversee the, the, uh, the program, and it really is uh, everything from beginning to end as it relates to cleaning, disinfection, and infectious disease prevention. Um, and so when you're, when you're at the Orange County Convention Center, you'll see uh, a, a, a highly more visible cleaning uh, protocol in place. And, and um, you know, in addition to, to that, um, uh, the events that, that we've had at the AAU National Volleyball Championship, which you mentioned, uh, they they had entrance into one side of the facility. Everyone uh, received their temperature as they were taken uh, taken as um, upon entrance, um, and then they actually exited from uh, from the other side of the facility. So people weren't crossing paths, um, and uh, it was very successful. Um, they were cleaning uh, uh, the courts and volleyballs in between matches. Uh, there was uh, coaches and and, and spect- uh, no spectators and and very successful. We've also had uh, we're the first convention center to have uh, a, a true trade event. Uh, we had the Together Again Expo. Uh, it was an, it was an event uh, uh, for the event industry, really concentrating on new protocols uh, for the convention industry. And they had 1,400 attendees, and they also did a virtual component uh, and ended up having over 8,000 virtual. Uh, attendees for their for, for their virtual component uh, and they they did a lot of things that that I think you would see as you as you enter into new trade shows again they took temperatures they had wider aisles they had one-way aisles uh, hand sanitizers uh, were, were throughout the facility we actually have 1300 signs uh, window clings and decals all around our campus uh, promoting physical distancing we've added added some new sinks into the public areas so people uh, can wash their hands. Uh, the Orange County Convention Center employees, we have been uh, t- taking the temperatures for three, four months now. Um, uh, and uh, all of our employees are, are masked. Um, they are taking a weekly survey um, indicating whether they have symptoms or not. And, and, if, they, and if they do, what, what, they, should, what they should do. Um, and uh, that has really helped us really have a really safe environment. Matter of fact, we had um, the Florida Wedding Expo um, this weekend, 
Um, so we had 800 to 1,000 bride-to-bees and their, and their mothers walking around our facility <laughs> uh, looking at, uh, at, at venues and, and other, other things. Right. And, again, everyone was masked and, and, and quite successful. Well, you know, Mark, this leads me to my most obvious question. I think a lot of the viewfinders and veterinary professionals all over the world, quite frankly, want to understand this better. I, I totally believe that you guys are doing everything possible. You're doing a fantastic job disinfecting, decontaminating, all that stuff. But let's face it, the biggest vulnerability are the attendees themselves. How are you going to police the attendees at BMX? Like, what if what if somebody says, I don't want to wear a mask? It's my civil liberty. I mean, how are you going to handle those situations? Like, you know, how, how, how can we expect to be seated in a hall, you know, with normally we're packed in there with 500, 750 of our colleagues. So, like, you know, how are you how are you going to deal with the folks? You know, we are we're partnering with event management like like NBAC to, to understand their protocols and what how they would like us. Uh, to, to police that and partner uh, with them. But the one thing we found with the Together Again Expo was, was everybody wore a mask. And, and we, I didn't see one under the, under the nose. It was really, I think people understand the, the importance uh, of wearing a mask. I, I think, um, especially in a professional environment, uh, people are there uh, to, to conduct business and, and, and business etiquette, it, it, you know, always reigns supreme. Um, and, and certainly, if, if if someone did did say that, we would we would you know work with show management to to get them physically distanced from someone else, and and then make a decision whether they should they should leave the facility or 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 remain. So, Gene, can, can, is it fair to say that, that we're going to bounce people if they don't play by the rules of safety? Uh, <laughs> I um, I don't think bounce is, uh, <laughs> is is the approach we'll take. You know, one of the things that 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 NABC prides itself on, Ernie, is 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 our customer service. I think we have by far and away the the best team when it comes to dealing with our attendees and our exhibitors and sponsors. And as, as Mark said, you know, everyone's coming there for a business purpose, and you know. You you may have some exceptions where there are the reluctance to wear a mask, either for uh, whatever reason, whether it's you know health reasons where they can't uh, breathe correctly. But I, I think we have some some alternatives for them uh, as far as going to the virtual side. So if they're coming I here and there's and, and, and so there's polite, a way, Gene, to, so diplomatic, yeah. I love it. So again, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna feel better knowing that I've got Mark and Gene on my side with this one. It sounds like they're gonna politely escort people that don't want to play by the rules and put me at potential risk and my family. So I that's all I needed to hear there. But Mark, yeah. getting back to the question of we're used to being packed in these big halls, you know, with 500, 750, you know, of our colleagues. What's it gonna look like? Like, how are you handling that part? I'm going to present a lecture. Am I gonna have five people in my audience or am I going to have 250 people spread out? What's it going to look like? We, we have developed a, a series of what we're calling our recovery and resiliency guidelines that really promote physical distancing in, in all areas of, of the facility. And, and currently in the meeting rooms and ballrooms, we're limiting capacity at 50%. So we're allowing the rooms to be spread out and people have that good, comfortable distance between each other. So certainly you will see that um, will be a big difference. Will that 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 packed feeling will 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 definitely feel and, and look look different. Gene, what about lunch? You know, we're all used to going down to the big hall and and grabbing our bag right. lunches and and hanging out together. I mean, that's one of my biggest network opportunities, quite frankly. Right. What's that right. going to look like? 
Right. So, so there's still the uh, there's still a plan to have uh, lunch. It, it won't be lunches like we've had in the past, where they, where they're ushered through buffet lines and and sitting in a big uh, you know big rounds. But we we will have food carts stationed around the perimeter of the expo hall. Um, and, and so so a couple of things here is one uh, just to just to set it uh, set it straight is is we don't expect to get the numbers live that we have in the past. So, I mean, so, so the BMX will look a little bit different from the standpoint of, a, of the footprint. So I think the combination of, you know, uh, less, some, somewhat less attendees, uh, more uh, food stations around the perimeter of the expo hall gives it that sense of space. So I think we still can adhere to those social distancing guidelines while you're having your lunch. So um, I don't see that being such a big issue as it may have been in the past when you were on crowded lines going through the going through the buffet lines and, and trying to find some place to sit and eat. Mark, what about like testing? Let's say that an attendee feels sick. They think they have a fever or a cough or whatever symptoms. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you've done to have medical staff on site ready if that event were to happen. We've actually developed a partnership, uh, and it was it. We were approached by by Orlando Health, one of the large leading medical providers here in, in Orlando, and and we've developed with them and, and and with our partner Visit Orlando what we're calling a medical concierge program. And so they're actually talking with each each customer and helping them develop a, a customized health plan based on their needs. They have a lot of materials, marketing materials and videos that they can provide um, that can help people plan uh, for the event, uh, but then also have personnel here. Um, and we've got room rooms for quarantine if someone uh, doesn't feel well and they can go and meet with a medical uh, practitioner and get some uh, help. They also have a 24-7 virtual visit where you can get on your, your, your device, your phone, laptop, uh, iPad, and have a direct conversation uh, with, uh, with with a medical um, health practitioner uh, to give you advice. And, and, and the Dr. Phillips Orlando Health Facility is, is approximately a mile from our facility. So if, if there is that next step that you'll need to take, um, then, then, we, then we can have that um, uh, get, get you transported by, by Uber or, or other vehicle over to that facility uh, right away. As part of our um, standard medical procedures, there will be an EMT on site uh, during that time, a health practitioner here to help you uh, uh, with any any advice, you know, and, and they're here as a matter of course. You know, and, and Mark, I think one of the things that I do want to repeat, and I know that we discussed this with Gene back, you know, six, seven months ago when we had him on the show, and that's the fact that Orlando probably gets it better than any other place in the world, right? I mean, Orlando is built on tourism. Orlando is built on an international destination. I mean, Disney is just down the road from the OCCC. So, you know, that's one of the things that gives me a little bit of confidence in this, right? I mean, if anybody's going to get it right, Mark, I think it's going to be you. Tell me a little bit about the Orlando community at large. And, you know, I'm leaning into not only the OCCC, but also, you know, Disney community. Like, how how does it feel? down there right now like you know our business leaders coming together saying look guys we know we have to lock this thing down like we have got to get it right because we cannot afford a misstep with the pandemic yeah you're absolutely correct uh and the great thing about our 
getting back reopened for businesses, we, we got to hear all the information that was shared by all the other uh, theme parks and other people that were involved uh, with, uh, with getting business back reopened. I, I had the opportunity. The mayor um, has an economic recovery task force, and uh, we presented uh, our plan to that task force as well as Disney, uh, SeaWorld, and, and um, Universal. And uh, they were all approved, and, and quite frankly, we took some of the the, the things that, that, that Disney and others uh, did and, and added it to our plan. And then we had the Florida Department of Health come and walk through our facility and, and talk with us about our plan. They gave us some suggestions. Uh, we implemented them, and we were ready, we were ready to go. The Disney um, uh, and Universal and SeaWorld are, are back reopened uh, with uh, modified uh, attendance. Uh, Universal and SeaWorld opened in June. Uh, Disney opened in the beginning of July. Um, and the great thing is, is none of them have had any uh, uh, instances of outbreak at all. Uh, so they're they're doing they're doing they're they're hitting their capacities on a daily basis. People are coming here to Orlando. Businesses are back. We opened most all of the uh, the, the I guess smaller themed and attractions are also open and, and have implemented. Uh, you know, a number of different things, as well as our hotels. They've all got stringent cleaning, uh, and our community has really come together. The one thing about this um, about this pandemic is, is that everybody wants to share. Everybody is rooting for each other, not only uh, here in Orlando, um, but but across the across the country. And I think a lot of people not only are are uh, you know aware and respect the reputation of Disney. But there's also a lot of things to do uh, outdoors, um, and and so there's a lot of attraction, a lot of things that you can do um, that 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 people feel more comfortable with. So our hotels are back open, um, and and we're 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 open for business. Yeah, that's great to hear. And and the Disney success story, I think, also is a nice template for what we're going to be pulling off here at VMX. Gene, let me switch a little bit uh, to you. Uh, Mark mentioned something at the AAU, and of course I saw this on, on ESPN like a lot of people did, where they had very specific one way in, one way out, like you could only go walk one way across a court. I mean, they, they really had, I think, the, the people moving aspect of it down. What are some of the things that you're going to do at VMX to make sure that like we do use one way, you know, entries? Sure. Are we going to have only walk one way down, you know, a room or yeah. whatever? Sure. So, um, so the first thing we did was we looked at those areas where, where people tend to congregate in groups or lines. So the first thing we did was we restructured our registration area. So, um, you know, if you were there at seven o'clock on Saturday morning, you know, there was a line out the door to get your registration badge in your, in your bag. So, so we're going to, uh, mail all badges in advance that takes away that, that, that need to congregate in the morning. So that was the whole redesign for the, for the, uh, uh, registration area. We're going to go to the, as Mark was alluding to, thermal thermal screening. So uh, we'll have uh, at the top of some of the escalators, we'll have uh, thermal screening for the groups as they come in. We'll have uh, EMTs there to pick out anyone who who is out of the norm for for the thermal scan. So that should give some added protection for those. We, we can't individually take temperatures of the attendees, but we can do it in groups. You know, masks will be required. Uh, while the attendees are in the OCCC, you know, ab- absolutely all the social distancing, the, the rooms themselves will be uh, set 
at 50%, which is actually a, a good thing. If you've been in a, a room that sits 200 in the past, you know, you were cramped, you were on top of one another. It was kind of hard to hear or, or participate. So we will be adhering to the social distancing there. And as Mark said, the sanitizing, disinfecting stations all over the place. In the exhibit hall, yeah, so we'll be, we will be going to wider aisles that uh, wider than we've had in the past, and we will have the one-way traffic flow. So we are trying to adhere to all those guidelines from, uh, from, from the federal, from the state, from the local governments, as well as guidelines set in place for uh, exhibitors and um, uh, expositions. So there's associations out there that set guidelines for us as well. So we'll, we'll, we will be abiding by all of that to make everyone feel as safe as possible uh, as they're walking through the convention center. Mark, what about air quality? You know, there's a lot of talk. About, I mean, obviously, this is a, an airborne infection. What are you guys doing there to, to try to ensure air safety? Uh, we have, um, uh, we have we, we've changed our, 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 our filters regularly. We've, we've upgraded them to uh, the higher, higher standard. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, looking to make sure that, that anything that, uh, you know, we have is, is, is clean. We also have a new product. Um, uh, a, that actually uses UVA, UVI light, uh, ultraviolet iridation light that actually go into areas like, like registration, as Gene said. And actually, uh, it, this is before the show or after the event because uh, no one is in, needs, can be in that area and actually put the, the UVA lights on and they kill 99.8% you know, of all germs. So we can go into those high-touch areas uh, high congregation, if there is any, and make sure that those those areas are 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 sterilized to the to really to the nth degree. Right. Yeah. And and again, you know, viewfinders, there's there is a limit to what we can do. There's always going to be some risk, whether you're getting in a car, on an airplane, or a train. I mean, and I think that what I'm hearing clearly from both Mark and uh, Gene is that they're doing everything and then some. And I think that if we really, if you really want to dig into that, look at that GBAC certification that they got, because that was a big deal. I remember when, when you guys did that market made quite a bit of news because, you know, most convention centers, I don't even think are able to probably get the GBAC uh, certification because it's just really exhaustive. And for us, it was, it was an absolute no brainer. And, and, you know, one of the recommendations is, you know, housekeeping is generally you, you, is behind the scenes. And you know you 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 don't see them out you know wiping down high areas. They do that before or after the event. And one of the recommendations was was to go go ahead and do that. Some areas up to nine times a day. And so the the handrails, elevator buttons, doorknobs, things like that, you'll see more visible uh, more visible people actually out doing that, and people feel you know absolutely more comfortable with that. You know, and 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 literally going in and and, and cleaning the bathrooms more often uh, than you than you normally would. Um, and I, again, I think people are much more comfortable if they if they come and say, well, "I I just saw that that bathroom uh, had been clean. I feel comfortable going in there." So it, you know that sort of perception uh, of cleanliness and seeing people out there actively cleaning uh, is definitely part of uh, of what we're doing to make people feel comfortable when when they're in our facility. Uh, and, and one other thing uh, that we are doing in the exhibit hall, Ernie, is we're reducing the amount of carpet 
that we have for the uh, exhibitors in the, in the hall. You know, the, the, the carpet does, um, does lend itself to, um, holding onto the virus and it it allows the the cleaning crew to clean the floors, the concrete floors uh, more frequently. And it reduces also the carbon footprint for the event as well. I love that. Well, you know, Mark, before I get to Gene and talk about the virtual aspect of VMX, I did that you just brought up an important question, and that has been the lines at the women's bathrooms. (laughs) So, you know, over the years, I know that VMX has tried a variety of strategies, you know, taking away some of the men's restrooms and so forth. But how how are you going to deal with that one particular problem? Well, um, we we are, you know, have have signage and things promoting, you know, physical distancing. Uh, you know, to make sure that people are standing apart. Um, you know, as Gene, Gene mentioned, the, the attendance will be a little bit different. Uh, so hopefully that'll allow people to, to, to spread throughout or maybe maybe talk, take a little bit longer of a, of a walk to find a, a restroom uh, that, uh, that isn't, uh, isn't quite as, as crowded. And Gene, that's probably another good opportunity to give a little more space between sessions, <laughs> yeah. because as you know, in the past, right. even speakers, we've been like running through the halls to make our next <laughs> event, you know, so, but Gene, since 1982, I mean, let's face it back when it was Eastern States, then NAVC, now VMX. I mean, this has been the best opportunity, in my opinion, for us to meet as colleagues, right? I mean, this is, this breaks my heart, right? The social networking of it really breaks my heart. But yet you were really prescient and you said, look, we get it. This thing's coming and you've done something remarkable. So let's talk a little bit about the virtual aspect of VMX this year and how you're, how, what it's going to look like. And, and again, what, what's really behind that besides just the pandemic? Right. So, um, yeah, so looking at this from where we were back uh, six, seven months ago, uh, you know, I think we all realize that the virtual aspect of learning is is here to stay. And it, it's been around, but obviously it's been more enhanced now. So there's been uh, events now that are being held virtually instead of in person. However, you know, like you said, firmly believe that the in-person event has some benefits that you cannot get virtually. So you know, for the first time in, in our history, uh, we're allowing uh, uh, others to participate from around the world. And, and one of the things that I say is I, when I traveled, which was, you know, in, in the distant past uh, <laughs> to either you know, Europe or South America or Asia, you know, the, everyone I spoke to in those in, in those uh, events, they, they wanted to know what is what is NABC doing? What's VMX? We want to get the VMX. We want to be a part of it. So by going virtual. Uh, I, I think as the whole uh, global events were unfolding and everything seemed to take a pause on the, on the event side, we were a little bit ahead of the curve there because we unveiled our, our virtual uh, exhibit hall in January. So that was that moment where we gave the uh, attendees and the participants and the exhibitors that 3D dimensional interactive look at what it could be like if you were there in person. So we're, we're, so now we're taking that same philosophy and applying it to the virtual space when it comes to education. And we're able to reach a much broader, diverse uh, audience now that's, that's global in nature that 
that will hit audiences who who could never attend VMX, but they will still get the flavor of what VMX is like. And we'll also be able to have some other benefits, like we will be providing some sessions in foreign languages. So whether it's uh, Spanish or Portuguese or or Chinese, or you know, we're trying to get every all of our affiliates together to get us some sessions that they have in their native language to at least have those um, have those participants from those areas of the world feel what VMX is like. So we're really excited about uh, about that aspect of it. And there will be some courses that are virtual that you may not see uh, live, and vice right. versa. But we're giving everybody the opportunity to participate in everything for a 90-day period after the event. Gene, that's really important, too, because with busy professionals, sometimes that has been a a criticism of large events, right? They're like, I can't take a week off, you know? I I get it. But now you're going to say, hey, look, guys, we get it. You can get your race-approved CE over the next three months. Right. And and, uh, how many times have you found yourself in a position where you had to make a choice between sessions? Right. You know, there's one great one here, but you're missing out on a great one. So now we're giving everyone the opportunity to to view every session they want to see for that period of time after the 90 day um during that 90 day period after the event so i think that's a real benefit for for those you know another benefit for for live attendees if you register to attend live you know some some states have extend, have expanded or extended their ce requirement periods to the end of the year so if you have anyone who is looking for some last minute ce for 2020 you know if you if you register for a live event with us you you'll have the opportunity to participate in some free ce that we'll be distributing in december so you can finish up your 2020 ce and then attend live in january and start your new cycle over again so we think that that's going to to provide a lot of relief for some of the uh, attendees and professionals out there. Listen, everyone has been go- going through a stressful time these past six, seven months, and the last thing we want to do is add any more stress on anyone about how do I get my CE, where am I going to get it from, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, whatever it is. But now we're giving everybody that that little relief that I have an opportunity here now to take advantage of it. Well, and speaking of stress relief, Gene, uh, talk about some pricing, you know, incentives that you've got. Yeah. So, um, so right now, uh, registering now before the price goes up in in uh, in November. Uh, but there's a one there, there there's a fixed price for the virtual piece for uh, for virtually there'll be over uh, you know hundreds of hours of CE virtually, uh, but you'll also have access to the the live versions during that 90 day period. So um, we think that that's going to be a great incentive, too, for those that want to attend virtually. And students, you know, we want to take care of the students. Students are free. Students whether you are come free. to the live event or whether you register uh, virtually. We want to take care of the students and get them indoctrinated to VMX and NEBC. So, uh, so that's going to be a benefit for them as well. Yep. So my SAVMA and VBMA peeps. Take advantage. Yeah. It's free. Mark, as we sort of close out today, I'd like to give you an opportunity just to, to tell those people sitting on the fence that still have some questions or reservations, you know, tell them why they should consider strongly, you know, attending Orlando if they were wanting to come for a vacation anyway. Right. So there's a lot of people out there that I think, you know, have traditionally planned or were planning to come in 2021 to bring their family to go to Disney, Universal, whatever. And now they're having second thoughts. Here's your last chance to say, hey, here's why I think this is going to be okay. 
yeah, and we, we again we are open for business. We had a very busy Labor Day weekend uh, here uh, in, in Orlando, uh, and 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 the, the positivity rate, the COVID. There's number of uh, opportunities for Orange County residents to get tested, um, and actually the the, the last 14 day positive rate uh, here in Orange County stood at just four percent, and it's been right around that four to five percent for for well over a month, um, and so the the, the numbers that, that you may hear are, are certainly not uh, in the double digits. So the, the mask, the mandatory mask uh, requirement here has really been working. And, and we look to continue to see those trends uh, continue to, to, to go down um, with, with the theme parks, with the NBA uh, bubble been very, uh, um, very successful here. Um, we're, we're open, ready for business. And everybody is committed to cleanliness and sanitation and disease prevention in all of our facilities, from the hotels, uh, the Hyatt across the street is pursuing their, uh, their, their GBAC star accreditation. Rosen Plaza and the Hilton also has significant uh, cleaning protocols put in place. So we're, we're all ready uh, for, for people to come in. Our airport, uh, the, the, the transportation companies have all got new protocols in place uh, to ready to make sure that everybody feels. And that's the one thing we've heard over and over again has been, you know, I, I had some reservations, but then I came, and boy, I felt I felt more comfortable than if I was in my grocery store or in my Home Depot or something like that. And I really had a productive and and a, and a comfortable and safe stay while I was in Orlando. So we're really looking forward to, to seeing everyone in here in, in January. And researching uh, before we came on, uh, I was looking at some YouTube videos of people that have recently visited Disney, and literally that exact same quote came out of one of the, the videos. A person said, it's safer here in Disney than at my local grocery store. Everybody's masked up. They're checking my temperature left and right. They're cleaning every surface conceivable. I mean, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I kind of watched that video going, wow, I didn't know that Disney was all over it. So it sounds like you and the OCCC are definitely all over it. Gene, kind of say same question to you, uh, you know, a veterinary professional, they're busy. They're saying, I've got limited funds, you know, should I really spend the money this year or should I just sit this one out? Well, uh, you know, I'll go back to what I said before is that there's nothing like a, a live event to get your CE and not, uh, not just from the learning uh, perspective, but also from the socialization and collaboration, networking. I think that that, that plays a big part. And, you know, what sort of brought us down this path of staying on the live uh, live VMX path is, you know, we've, we've surveyed uh, several times over the summer, uh, our, um, our community. And, you know, there are, there, there are uh, uh, the majority right now want to attend live. And that's why we said we need to give everybody a choice. We're not, we're, you know, if, if you want to come, that's great. We would love to have you, you know, we're not taking the health and safety uh, aspect of it lightly, as you can hear from Mark and what the OCC is doing and what, what we plan on implementing. So I think the OCC uh, C has uh, gone above and beyond. Uh, if you look around the event industry, you know, there's really no other city than Orlando that has been going through the, 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 the great uh, stakes that we've gone through to make sure that those that attend events are, are safe. They feel safe. So we, we would love to see everybody come uh, to Orlando in person. We realize that for whatever reason, that may not be the case. So we are offering the, the option of attending virtually. And I think you will, uh, you will enjoy that experience uh, much more. There's a lot of virtual CE out there, I know, but I can tell you I'm confident that what we have out there as a product for virtual will be nothing like that you, nothing like you've seen or attended in the past. 
you know, we have that virtual VMX uh, expo hall that we've uh, that we've that we've rolled out that gave us that head start, and we can see how we can uh, how we can embellish the virtual experience. So I think that that's going to be a great thing. But you know, this is uh, this is a, a a real a real interesting time for everyone, and uh, you know, we're just looking forward to uh, moving on with our plans to go live. And you're just watching the headlines every day. And we're making sure that we're taking every precaution that we can with our partners, the OCCC and the host hotels. They're all doing their part. And Gene, then finally, you know, let's say that you're a veterinary professional and you say, I want to take advantage of the price incentives before the price increase goes up in November. Uh, But then let's say, what if the bottom falls out in December and there's this second wave and all this stuff happens, right? Um, I think you guys have changed your cancellation policies. I think you've maybe made it a little more flexible. Can you speak to that real quick before we, before we sure, move? Sure. Uh, and, and listen, we're not going to penalize anyone for wanting to attend live and then not being able to. So we're being, being very lenient on the cancellation policies, transferring it from an in, in person to a, a virtual event is probably most likely scenario, but, you know, I would say up and down the line that if somebody just doesn't feel comfortable at that time to attend, you know, that that's not the business that we're in. You know, we're in the business of educating. And uh, so we're, we're going to make sure that if you want to attend here, we're going to do our best to make sure that you have that experience when you do get here. And that's where we started with NAVC's history of excellent customer service. So they're not going to bounce us out. They're going to politely escort us if we don't behave. (laughs) But also (laughs) the commitment to safety through working with partners like Mark Tester, who's executive director of the Orange County Convention Center. Gene O'Neill, CEO of NAVC, I can't thank you to enough for taking time out today to sort of explain what we can expect and what we you know, can, can look forward to when we do meet in person again. Uh, and then more importantly, if we don't get to do it this year, how we can meet virtually. So thank you two very, very much. Oh, thanks for having us, Ernie. Really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Thank you. So viewfinders, you've heard from Gene and Mark about VMX 2021. Are you going to attend in person? Can we look forward to meeting up in Orlando in January? Or are we going to see you on the virtual realm? We really want to hear from you. Uh, this week, Becky is on vacation. She is mending her knee. As you know, she is dealing with a, a torn cruciate ligament. And so this week she is taking some much Uh, needed and well-deserved rest. So we're going to see her next week. Again, thank you, Viewfinders, for listening to this. I really want to hear your thoughts and opinions. Hit us up on social media, Instagram, Facebook. I'm still out there on Twitter, at Veterinary Viewfinder. We really want to hear from you. Until next week, stay safe, Viewfinders. Give your pets a hug from us. Bye.